you know what really hurt my feelings? Yeah. The yeah. first time I gigged in Poland, the Polish comic, like literally 15 minutes before, do you know we don't like Romanians here? We think of you guys as gypsies and backwards. <laughs> and it just sort of like, if British people think that, okay, that they think that about everybody, that's fine. Shit. But then when Polish Shit. people think that, come on. <laughs> Welcome to Comedy with an Accent podcast. I'm your Taiwanese comedian, Quan Wen. I interview comedians who perform English stand-up comedy but who are not native English speakers or they can have a very distinct British regional accent. This podcast is all about comedy, about accent, about languages, and about the comedy technique. So stay tuned if you're interested. What was your first foreign language? Just English. Just English. Yeah. And was it compulsory or people had a choice not to... It was kind of compulsory, but also all the movies. But were, were you guys encouraged to learn Serbian or Bulgarian, for example? Oh, no, not at all. <laughs> we're not. Maybe our neighbors, we don't like them. Yeah, we're not friends. We have territorial <laughs> disputes with every... <laughs> okay. There was one interesting phenomenon in the Balkan family. Okay. The Balkan Peninsula, known as the firework... Um, I, I, what's the English term for that? Where the wars likely to go off and happen. I was traveling in Croatia, so yeah. I was looking out for information. And there was one article that talked about interviewing local uh, Croatian children. There's this very specific phenomenon in the Balkan Peninsula, on the Balkan Peninsula. So first, they agree that being described as a Balkan country is slightly negative. Okay. So they don't want to be called the Balkan or ex-Yugoslavian, like this Yugoslavian country. Okay. So they always think that the Balkan or the Yugoslav start at the next country. So Slovenia think we are not, we're almost West European. Yeah, it's stuck with Croatia. Croatia then think, no, we are not. We are Catholic, so it's stuck with Serbia. And Serbia said, no, we are not. It's stuck with Albania or North Macedonia. I don't know. So where is Romania on that chart? So we're not really part of the Balkans? <laughs> You're not really part of the Balkans. See? See? Okay, I'm intrigued. So I did a podcast with Gordana. I don't know if you know her. She's from Serbia. She kept referring to us as Balkan, but I never remember anybody from Romania okay. referring to us 2008, as Balkan. Eurovision, Romania entry, Balkan girls. The Balkan girls are like nobody, like nobody. Yeah, well, you have like Spanish. I think this year <laughs> we did something with Spanish hats and stuff. No, no, this year you did a song about the train from Chisnau to Bucharest. Okay. Chisnau to Bucharest. Okay, right. I haven't. I'm not. I'm, I'm gay. I'm. I watch your references. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, Romania. Well, basically, the Balkans the... is like a mountain chain, and it touches like two percent of Romanian territory. Okay, I think. So it's we're just not. So part... your official line is Romania is not to be dragged into the Balkan discussion. We're Eastern Europeans, and I'm happy to <laughs> to take that. But just uh, the Balkans are a mountain chain, and we don't. I have just wonder how mountains. bad the name Balkan is. That I can accept that I'm East European, but don't call us Balkan. But I see Balkan as being like mysterious. I don't see it as being bad. You know, I have this fear of I, traveling I in yeah. Romania. Okay. I want to go, but I always fear there's actually vampires. Okay, no, that's not that's 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 Brit that's just British propaganda. It's honestly it, it all came from a British book from the time when, when the British were just writing books about how shit the other places are and we need to go and kill them. I like the social economic take on this one. I didn't think of it that way. But that's why I've never been to Romania. I was just like Ugh. I don't know, it's 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 a pretty cool country and then we have mean and shitty people. When I was praising your voice, uh -huh. 
if I had to use one word to describe your voice, your voice is like shrugging. Okay. When you speak and your comedy approach or the when you are doing comedy, you give people a feeling like you are shrugging. Okay, like I don't care, sort of. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And there's a little bit of cynicism, but not too much. You don't hate the society so much, but you look at the world in a kind of cynical way and you shrug, say, what else do you want? And I think you are the closest to, um, in the novel Animal Farm, there's a goat called Muriel. Okay. I think you're kind of close to that or you're close to Yoda when Yoda is not trying to save the world from an evil empire. Okay. I think that's both those big compliments. I'm also going to say I don't really fully get either of the references. <laughs> <laughs> but I, but yeah, this is what I'm, it's what I'm going for. And I feel like if you're catching it, I'm happy. Okay, so leaving aside the two references you don't really get personally, would you agree to the shrugging bit? Yeah, yeah. Because at the end of the day, I'm, I'm only willing to get involved to the point where I wrote this bit. That's my level of involvement. <laughs> That's your political activism. That's my political activism. You're not a Romanian Greta Thunberg. You're not going to get on the Glastonbury state and shout. And you just like, I'm going to tell a joke about this. But after that, I'm going to go home. And, and that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't try to create an impression, especially in the era of virtual signaling. You're onto big idea, big project, big statement. It's like, meh. It's, it's a bit struggling, a bit meh. I don't want to suggest, but you are a little bit closer on the spectrum to being nonchalant, even a little bit irreverent. It's like, mm, yeah, eh, it is what it is. The world's like that. The life's like that. Why? Why? Like, yeah. That's what I'm going for. Yeah. I, like, I would love to be like written in the history books as like uh, 200 years from now, Rado changed the world. But also, in a passive way. In a passive way, yeah. I don't I don't want to try to change so, the so world. So it, it was not unfair what I was describing. It, it, not at all, yeah. But yeah. do you think it was carefully constructed or it's just who you are as a person? I think it's just who I am as a person. And and you are happy it works for comedy, so you can marry who you are in real life as your onstage persona. Yeah, and I've been doing comedy for long. I don't really know how to be an adult without being a comedian. I've only been an <laughs> adult comedian. Are you one of those professional comics that would say that I'm shit at everything else. I can only do comedy and that's what I can do. I never also, I never really developed any other skills because I've, I've always done this. So it's so interesting though, because even I try to think I am who I am on stage because I like I'm gay. So I've lived not like a closeted life. I have to be careful how gay I can be in certain places at certain yeah. time. So I've developed this ability to amp it up or down, down it up and down. And yeah. a lot of the LGBTQ people can do that. As a result, I think I've been through the era of, yeah, yes, queen. Now when I'm getting older, I don't feel I need to do that all the time. So off the stage, I'm not quite as dramatic and exaggerated. Okay. Unless I'm a gay pride, for example. But when I go on stage, I definitely amp it up. Because you do need to put the best version of yourself, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, so it more. was a very clear intention to become the more obvious version of yourself i'm gonna obvious extroverted version or amplify it's not exact exaggerated but not fake it's just not something i do all the time but if i need to i can push it to that limit but i tend to push that limit on stage for you that range is a lot smaller than mine so i'm fascinated by that and also i was talking about you being shrugging nonchalant the complete opposite of that is you are super sleek you make doing comedy seem easy, but it isn't easy only because you're really good at joke writing. So you have a very 
May energy, but you are doing very concise, efficient comedy delivery at the same time. If you think about it, it's beautiful. It's an art. I thank you. I do care a lot about the stuff I talk about. It had to be this way, otherwise I couldn't have really talked about what I talk about on stage. So you're saying you give people an impression you don't care about anything. The truth is you do. You just can't be bothered to do more. So you do a little bit. Yeah. And I think that's what sets you different because I'm going to on to the, the next question right now. Your comedy comes from that angle. So we both do the same thing. We try to play the, let me tell you what you guys are like, British people, because we are the outsiders. Yeah. So we can tell them things they haven't noticed themselves. They didn't know they are perceived this way by other people. Yeah. But I feel a lot of comments that come from the ex-communists or must say eastern half of the European continent, you like to poke the wokeness of liberals in Western society. I kind of do because I also think that the wokeness liberal comes from a place of privilege. So that's the only reason I like to poke at that. And also I always like to poke fun of the people I have in front of me. So I live in London. Most of the audience are liberal woke audiences. So I want to poke at that. Yeah, but the, the difference is when you do it, because I'm one of your target, basically. So my personal political belief okay. is what you are poking fun at. So I'm one of those people you're pointing out how ridiculous or hypocritical I can be sometimes, but I would okay. totally buy yours because I think when you do it, you come from a place where you genuinely believe it and you don't have too much sort of utilitarian use. How do I describe it? Um, once again, it's, it stops with, with the bit, sort of. It's like, oh, I want to get this out. It's yeah. not, it's, it doesn't go, you know how they, it always says, well, what's next? It's nothing next after this. Yes, yeah. I don't feel you have a very cunning, evil plan behind it. I don't feel you have a malicious intent. You're generally just like, this is what I think, and you joke around. And I feel some of those comics, when they are doing it, they are doing it in a BuzzFeed way clickbaity way yeah. say, I'm just trying to start a fire and see how much popularity I can get out of this but I don't think you do it that way it's like you generally think because you have a different upbringing I generally try to figure out something that hasn't been said yet and I just say that and I think I'm grateful for that because nowadays the society got even more polarized all the time you're not supposed to agree with everyone 100 percent of the time yeah. you need to and then you should listen to people who have a different view from you yeah but yeah. you're able to sit down and have a chat right absolutely absolutely i totally watch youtubers i don't agree with all the time <laughs> i rarely watch something i already think oh yeah that's what i think as well i just watch something i don't i i, I like to see an angle i haven't seen before yeah, because sometimes when some people do it in a certain way, you just start to wonder, does this comic have such a problem with women in general? If you constantly observe different group of people, different demographic, and you point out in a consistent way the hypocrisy in every single group, and you can see, oh, because he has a great way of observing, analyzing. But sometimes you feel like some comic are targeting certain group out of hate. It's like crusade in a way. And... Yeah, it does feel like they're picking sides and they kind of feel like, well, that side doesn't like me. Let me try and get fans from the, the other side. I do feel like some people are doing that. I'm not necessarily a fan of that. I do enjoy sort of watching it because it's sometimes it's like something so different from what I can imagine. Yeah, sometimes so different from what I've th thought about it. I enjoy seeing it and understanding what they're thinking, but it doesn't mean that I can watch like an hour of Jim Davidson without becoming a racist. <laughs> 
I think that's why we can sit here in a very civil way and discuss our different approach to comedy. And um, it's truly reflect. And I, I think I really have a lot of respect because I was doing research to know what I should be asking today. So for the kind of poking fun at liberal, poking fun at West European, that style comedy, you didn't try to create very hateful social media presence and try to gain traction out of it. Yeah, definitely not. Because then I feel like be like doubling down a bit. And then when it's on the internet, it's out of your control. Yeah. But when it's in the comedy club, then it's under my control, and I know how far it's. Because like when you're saying all those things, your intention. What is the end? What is the means? Why are you doing this? Do you genuinely believe in something, or you just hate this group so much you want to rile them? And I love the fact that you can point because I think that it's really helpful for someone to point out my hypocrisy. And I like to point out other people's hypocrisy at the same time. And you need someone who is not like you, who is not raised like you, who don't think like you, yeah, who wasn't see. educated exactly like you. And yeah. you're not hundred percent all the time in your echo chamber. And that's what I feel when I watch your comedy. That's the biggest compliment I've gotten in a long time. I'm glad. It's coming from the true place. All right. Let's not be it's too sweet, too hot warm here right now. Let's talk about something. Tell me something you don't like about me. <laughs> move to a geeky part on okay. the language bit. So I said earlier, Romanian is one of the vulgar Latin. So Romanian is a cousin of French, Spanish, and Italian and Portuguese. It's like a Latin language yes. from what I know. Yes. Romania is a country in a sea of Slavs. Yeah, but it's surrounded by Slavic people. I watched the YouTube clip. Okay. I don't know whether it's the best source of information. He says that modern Romanian shares 63% of the vocabulary either similar to Italian or from Latin, but there's an 11% of your words coming from Slavic language. That's the numbers I know as well. Yeah, and they show two great examples. They deliberately pick different words to form one sentence where none of the single word is from Slavic origin. It really sounded like an Italian sentence. It's interesting. And then they put a different word where almost every single word is a long word from Slavic language. And it sounds like a lot of ch 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 that's why, because I never quite understood how Romanian is meant to sound like. Because I thought when you think about languages that derive from Latin, they tend to have this melodic movement. But Romanian, because the influence of Slavic language, you have a lot of sort of harsher sounds here and there. That's mostly like words that we imported. But then with the Latin, because like all the structure and the grammar, I'm learning French these days. It's honestly, a lot of French expressions, we have the exact same expression in Romanian. Which neighbor do you look down on the most in Romania? So for the longest time... Who is the butt of the joke in Romanian people's mind? It's not really the butt of the joke, but the neighbor we're comparing ourselves to. It's because us and Bulgaria, we entered the EU together in the same time. And we've, yeah, we in Bulgaria, we've, we've been comparing each other for the longest time. And it really did hurt our feelings to find out that now Bulgaria has that, that's better. They have that, that's better. They have a higher GDP, right? Not, not that it matters in all, like, in life all the time, but... I think maybe per capita. Per capita. Because <laughs> we're, we're also like a way huger country, so they can't have... A, we're, I think we're like four times bigger this than This is interesting. Which one is more important, the overall GDP or GDP per capita? Because that's how you measure China in such a different way. So I think <laughs> for the people it's per capita, and then for the leaders, the GDP general, because then they get to negotiate with other GDPs. 
Did he hurt for the balls of the president is GDP in general, but then for the balls of the followers is just GDP per capita. I didn't plan to ask this question, but I was intrigued by what you to say. Did it hurt the Romanian people's feeling out of the ex-communist blocs? You guys joined three years behind Poland, Czech Republic, and Slovakia. It sort of, but not really. You know what really hurt my feelings? Yeah. The yeah. first time I gigged in Poland, in the Polish comic, like literally 15 minutes before, do you know we don't like Romanians here? We think of you guys as gypsies and backwards. <laughs> and it just sort of like, if British people think that, okay, that, they think that about everybody, that's fine. The but sheer, then when Polish the people sheer, think that, come on. The sheer hypocrisy. <laughs> I hope that comic doesn't go on stage and joke about British looking down on Polish people. I mean, just like... The, the he, he also said it as like a friendly, <laughs> just, just to put you in guard. And also I gigged in Slovenia and I did find out, because I, I always kind of assumed we're all ex-communist, Eastern European, the yeah. same jokes are going to work. And now I just have to make fun of them for considering themselves Central European first. So yeah, Slovenia, they think they're better than us as well, which is GDP per capita they are. Okay. I'm going to confess to you, like I used to, and I, used, I still do, when I joke about, I make fun of East European. Okay. But I felt, like I had to update. So I had to change the reference to Polish plumbers to Romanian people to retain the same level of comedic effect because okay. large migration from Poland to the UK happened around 2004. So quite a while people were talking about the Polish manual labor. But you start to recognize that that social reference in the media gradually changed to Romanians. And also Romania and Bulgaria joined at the same time. But the reference is always remaining because you probably have a larger population. Yeah. And one of my joke is, and I'm an overcompensated immigrant. I like to pretend how British I am. I would prepare this beautiful Victorian sponge cake on the wedge word, bone china set, and to celebrate the Queen's birthday. And I would say my cake had the finest strawberry from the Garden of England. And then the punchline is every single one of them handpicked by Romanian migrants, how English I am. And that, that, that joke works really well with the British people. I still don't know how cheap that joke is, but it's a lie I still occasionally do. It is sort of making fun of the British high society. Yes, I, I appreciate it's, you see that. I yeah. appreciate that the butt of the joke is now the Romanian migrants. They are enjoying the labor so they can have cheap strawberry. And yeah. they think... The whole thing about that beautiful strawberry from Kent yeah. is so English. No, the reason you get those strawberries is because yeah. those Romanian, hardworking Romanian people came to pick the strawberries. Yeah. There is a comedian in the UK. I heard this joke about uh, during the pandemic, essential workers, and everybody all of a sudden is an essential worker. And shut up, you're a Romanian on a moped, which I felt like, no, you're just making fun of Romanian. That's not cool. But yours, I think, is fine. Okay. I'm going to say there's also Moldova, so our neighbor. They have the Moldavian language, but we can understand that. It's basically, there's been some ethnic cleansing there. It's like a cousin being kidnapped by the Russians. And okay, it's a very political sense. Yes, no, kind of, kind of like that. Also, I don't really fully know okay, exactly where the lines were. There's a TV were. program called The Charmed Ones. And in okay. the last ever season, they were trying to teach a young witch. And the young witch had a younger sister that was kidnapped by the demons. Okay. So the younger sister was reunited with her elder sister. But because of the upbringing, it should turn out very differently. I think I'm drifting into a territory you're completely not familiar with. But, uh, I haven't seen that. <laughs> I was trying to say. So you say that you have this. Uh, we do think we're better than the Moldavian people, and there's talks about unifying. It's almost like a, you're not interested anymore. A lot of people want to, but a big number of people wouldn't Is just because they feel like they're, they're going to pull us back. 
I think it's the same with like uh, Ireland and Northern Ireland. From what I understand, like. <laughs> <laughs> this is landmine. I'm joking. Okay. I'm joking. Okay. No, I think not enough people care. They should care. I have discussion with my South Korean friends, okay. and it's a very generational divide because they say Korea existed as a holistic country for hundreds of years. It's only because of mm. Soviet Union and America that Korea was divided. Yeah. Is that historical injustice then to be undone? But for the younger South Korean people, they just thought North Korea is a country that's still dominated by a crazy leader. They are so poor, and yeah. they don't want to. They don't want the responsibility. Basically, German had experiment, and they are still doing it. Like it's such a long and costly project. South Korean friends, I have that. We're not up for it. Like it's like done. What's done is done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's it's it's a bit of that in Romania. I think not as the discrepancy isn't as big. We also there's also like a big political discussion with Russia. Would get very upset if we. Well, it's a fact because you are in the EU, they aren't. Uh, yeah, yeah. Only reason I brought it up is to say we also look down. So you have this sibling rivalry, but not sibling. You have this rivalry complex with Bulgaria. Yeah, we have a complex with Bulgaria. We have like we're the bigger brother with Moldova. Or so you think. <laughs> or so we think. Yeah. No, this is what my friends told me. The they, absentee bigger brother. <laughs> my Swedish friends say that they used to believe they are the big brother, and Norway is the small, poor, little dependent younger brother. They okay. have to look up to Sweden. But guess who found an oil in the North Sea? So. Yeah, we, we invested it wisely. Unlike certain country. Okay. Where did I spend the money? I wonder where has the money gone? In Norway? No, in the UK. Oh, I think it just pockets to some people. <laughs> such a beautiful line like you have such a economy of phrases pocket with some people six seven words and you said it all uh, yeah <laughs> one say natural sleep coming that's what i'm saying i'll take that so can we shoot so, on, on on norway for a second <laughs> just because you brought it up no but we've already done the episode no, oh, okay. the episode is out today oh do you have something you want to shit on norway oh yeah because you know they invest like apple you know the apple company the national software company. yeah yeah they just bought shares in all the country and all the big companies and then one of them is apple and then uh, apple does use a lot of slave children from china and i kind of felt like well that means like Norway is also profiting off of slave children from China. I think, <laughs> I think they're just like, is there any company that's not evil? Which is, we are choosing a lesser evil. I don't well, know. I feel like you found oil and you still need slave children from China <laughs> to, to, to subsidize your economy. Can't you just use the oil to have a nice life? You also need to add the slave children from China. Maybe the criteria is so long as we don't invest in gambling company, tobacco company. and But the question is, if you invest in like a vaping company, is it moral or is it, is it immoral? I think if you know that vaping does cause cancer and if you push back the study, does so... Does it though? The, the scientific... It does, yeah. I think so too. Yeah, we're going to find out in like the next 10 years. <laughs> but we have to fight through their political lobbyists. They say, no, there's no such a thing because our scientists say... Every new product is, no, no, it's completely safe, it's completely safe. And then we're working on fixing it. And then when you finally have evidence that, well, we've done it so long anyway, so too late, don't know. <laughs> it's funny because in the last 10 minutes, I feel like your emotion riled up. Okay. Yeah. I, I do care about the... I, I, yeah, I think I care about some stuff, basically, but also not really. I don't know. Now, now that you pointed it out, I, I'm kind of back. I back think your slightly activism side just needs to be tricked. So it takes longer to lure it out. But if, if I hit you at the right spot in a certain way, that it still comes off, fight a little bit. But you will eventually go back and start to shrug again. If I feel like I have the audience, yeah, I want to, yeah, I want to <laughs> talk.
talk about Norway using slave children from China. <laughs> Have you gigged in Norway before? Uh, I've done a couple of gigs there, yeah. Have you tried to point this out? No, to be fair, no. That being said, I also don't really have a good joke on it yet. Like I've been to the Czech Republic, I'm going to say I've gigged there like eight or nine times, and I have like three good minutes of making fun of the Czech Republic. <laughs> but I need to go to Norway more. Okay. One last question. You used to run a comedy festival called East European Comedy Festival. Yeah. Now you turn it into a regular night called Immigrant Comedy. Yeah. Could you want to introduce it? Yeah, absolutely. So we do it. It's the last Sunday of every month. We do it at Camden Comedy Club. It used to be just the Eastern European night. The Eastern European Comedy Festival was just shows in different languages uh, from Eastern Europe. And we did like uh, shows with all the comedians together in English. But with the pandemic, there weren't enough Eastern European comedians to kind of keep the show going. Why did you want to do it, to group the East Europeans together? I feel like that little groups need to happen in the world. You know, like all South American countries have like a economic union and Europe has an economic union. And as long as we have a common story, we have to, we need to unite to talk about that little common story. Because it's a bigger group, that voice will seem stronger. Yeah, and we'll kind of encourage each other and also we can also correct each other. If that's a stronger voice of Eastern Europeans, then it's not as easy for like a rogue Eastern European comedian to go on the BBC and say Eastern Europe is shit and get a lot of applause. <laughs> I really wouldn't like that oh, to happen. Oh, by the way, I'm not suggesting I didn't agree with your pro because there's exactly the same thing where Rick Sveta organized the Yellow Christmas every year because there are not enough East Asian comedian, so he does it once a year. Yeah. And there's, Eureka probably is the only non-Japanese comic, and I'm, I'm so far, I know only I'm from Taiwan, so there's not a lot of us. In the part, there's a very disproportionate composition, because when you talk about Asian comedy, people think of South Asians, and don't, they don't really think of East Asians. So we feel like you have to make your mark. Yeah. And it's the same way, you can't just say, you're all white, you're just white Europeans. No, there's a difference between the, the Eastern Bloc on a circuit and you want to describe it. We do have like a common story and yeah, I think it's important for us to describe it. But you did suffer uh, from the logistic difficulty of uh, starting from a smaller pool. At some point, it's just more difficult to find replacement and put on the lineup. <laughs> yeah. And also I really hate that they have that I'm running the gig. Uh, that being said, I'm very happy that the gig exists. And I noticed Rod, Rod is an immigrant, or East Europe, it was East European at that time. Yeah. He started with countries with very low GDP. And gradually I found, why is there a Swiss comic there? And why is there a friend? They start to get diluted. And this is what people explain to me. They say, if you go to the Edinburgh French Festival, Philip Simon told me this, someone runs an Irish comedy night and a Jewish comedy night. If you're halfway through the festival, people get tired, people drop out, people go home. You start to run out of really eligible comedian. And he didn't say that by the third week, criteria is if your spouse, <laughs> your spouse <laughs> no. is Irish Jewish again. And the last thing would be anyone, if you vacant know someone who's this group, yeah, you can. And I feel that's the same thing. Because when you try to really strengthen the identity of a group, difficulty is you have a smaller pool of people to choose from and that's yeah. the difficulty i'm gonna have at some point with the guests i invite to this podcast because i initially want just non-native english speakers but 
We are not a very large group here. But there are so many accents in the UK. It's still within the title. You can get people from I Liverpool. I know, but I think I need to find the right angle to do it. Because now I really enjoy to learn from different non-native speakers how they switch from their mother tongue. Because it's instinct, right? Mother tongue is almost instinct. And to something you need to think about is something you'll learn later. And I think it's a different process, probably to structure in a different way. So the East European comedy, now is a bit more generic. Everyone who is not from the UK can do it. Yeah, yeah. I thought, yeah, it's basically immigrants. R- right now, The I, I try to have people from poor countries and because I feel like there's a the difference between immigrants and expats and I felt it's still like an underrepresented group. Now saying that I need to look into Taiwan's GDP. <laughs> Is around, I don't know, 21, 20 something. Uh, it's, I think it's above 20,000 US dollars per capita. Okay. Per capita. Per capita. Um, okay. If you look at GDP altogether, I think we're at the top 20. I know you're doing it at the end of July. We're going to look through so the economics <laughs> and we're going to discuss your next part. <laughs> Actually, if you had your phone, you could do it now. This immigrant comedy show is normally at Camden Comedy Club. Camden Comedy Club. I we're will... trying to expand it. We're going to try and do a couple of more. We have like a Facebook page, an Instagram page. I want Just to really encourage British punters to go to this show because when I went either to watch the perform, there's a very high percentage of immigrants in the audience. In London, wherever you go, you think, okay, there are always foreigners in the audience, but their number are not high enough. And when you have enough people who are actually not from the UK, the dynamic is different. I'm not saying it's better, but it's different and it's really interesting. So I would encourage British punters to experience that kind of comedy. Thank you. And yeah, I'm going for that as well. Also, I kind of feel like there's a lot of, obviously it's Britain, so there's a lot of British comedians. But then the population of the UK, something probably like 10% right now is just foreign people. Mm-hmm. And uh, they don't necessarily understand British comedy. So they don't really go to comedy because they don't really understand oh, the references. To, you're trying to create a comedy night where they think. Uh, yeah, I want something for them as well, for the foreign people in the country that they feel like, okay, I can go there and I can enjoy yeah, a, I used a to, comedy show. I used to perform comedy in Berlin when I started. And there is a difference in the general approach to comedy. It's not to say it's better or it's worse, but it's different. There are certain things British comedians like to do. They are less frequently used. For example, punts. And also, there are more deadpan comedians here. Some comics tend to speak slower. And also, when you have an audience that come from different country, a lot of them are non-native English speakers. Your reference and the use of language, you have to change your strategy a little bit to make sure you can still hit their funny spot. Yeah. And, and that's why I'm saying you should go and try to experience it. It will be a very different experience. Nice. Thank you. No worries. Okay, so let's just lead. Uh, where can people find you and follow you? Uh, so it's Radu Isak. I have like a website and I usually just put all my schedule there. I'm very good <laughs> at putting my schedule there. And then I have Facebook, Twitter and Instagram, but I just kind of share whatever people tag me in. So I think it's after an emotional and energy roller coaster, Radu is now happily back to his more relaxed, <laughs> shrugging status that, you know what, I'm not going to bother to every single Twitter handle, Instagram handle. I just I have a website, go Google, go find it. There's only so much I'm willing to do. My, <laughs> my name is very easy. It's like four letters and then four letters. It's like Radu Isak. So yeah, just Google that. It is not easy because a lot of people would think of Isaac Newton. And so they- I would think of 
I double S. I was googling your name. I couldn't get the right one. For example, I'm not sure there are commonly nine that would have spelled your name wrong on the poster. Am I right? Oh yeah, that happens. <laughs> also, I don't really care enough. To, <laughs> I never sent an email about that ever. Uh, but yeah, just Google Romanian comedian London and gonna find me. See, you proved my point. We're coming back to the same point. You are the Romanian comedian <laughs> on the UK circuit. I think we'll end on this today. Thank you so much for coming on to the for podcast. Me. Thank you. Okay. Uh, bye. Bye bye. Ah.